This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from Bilt Bar. Having a great time out here. Gordon, I, I took your advice. I had one more. I had one of the Bilt Puffs. I went with the uh, chocolate marshmallow this time. Oh, and? It was very good. Oh, okay. It was very good. And, and like we were talking about no. uh, in the last segment, it tasted like chocolate, which... <laughs> you can't say about uh, all the protein bars out there. But Built Bar, use promo code <laughs> ZONE, get an additional 10% off the already great sale going on site-wide, 15%. So they love ZONE listeners and want to take great care of you. So BuiltBar.com, promo code ZONE. We're going to talk to Dennis Lindsay coming up here momentarily. I made this joke earlier today, Gordon, but I'm guessing Dennis is going to be in a good mood. I'm, well, I can't understand why he wouldn't be. If you can't be in a good mood right now with the way this team is playing, then you're you're kind of a grump, and I don't think Dennis is a grump. He, he's he's pretty practical about what he sees and what his observations are. At least he has been in the past, but I'm sure he's also going to be concerned about keeping that momentum and keeping that progress going, and not uh, allowing any room for satisfaction at this point in time. Now, Gordon, realizing that we're not that far into this season, the Jazz have played 18 games, but can you remember the last time that the Jazz had the best record in the league when it wasn't, say, you know, three games in or four games in? I was trying to rack my brain about that. I can I cannot remember. So this is this is certainly a big deal. In fact, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, uh, the uh, executive vice president of basketball operations for the Utah Jazz. Uh, he is uh, Dennis Lindsay with us here on the big show. Dennis, how are you? I'm terrific, guys. How about yourself? Oh, we are. We're doing great. And we thought, uh, you know, I made this joke a couple times today. We thought uh, you're going to be in a pretty good mood jumping on the show today. Your team's playing great. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, they've come together, and uh, we're pleased with the results thus far. Um, got a lot of work to do. We're only at the quarter pole, but uh, yeah, we've uh, we've defended well. We got back to previous Jazz level. Um, you know, two, three, four years removed. And uh, the offense, uh, Quinn has designed a really unique offense uh, based upon spacing and shooting and sharing the ball. And, and the guys really believe in the system that Q's developed. You know, what you just said there, Dennis, I think is really important for a team to actually listen to what a coach wants them to do and then actualize it. Uh, and, and, and and that's what I see when I see this team play. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, so, you know, again, um, many times necessity is the mother of invention. And, and we had a really good offense after the Jordan Clarkson trade on December 23rd of last year is actually from that point on Gordon, the number one offense. And then uh, a few things happened uh, most notably in the, in the bubble. Uh, we decided it was the right thing to do for uh, Boyan to get um, surgery. So to adapt uh, to that loss, uh, we wanted to, 
uh, continue to attempt three-point shooting, and you had to do it different ways because Boyan's ability just to rise up, uh, sometimes even in a guarded manner, was unique. So hence uh, the increased pace and early threes. And I think uh, Quinn and uh, Mike Conley have said it a few times, it's almost like you have to give yourself a license to shoot. And so we went into this offseason with that in mind, and, and uh, uh, Coach and his assistants have studied hard about what was right for us and uh, came up with a really unique uh, approach to how we're doing things offensively, Gordon, and, and certainly the buy-in. We've always had a very good uh, collective character, if you will, in buy-in. I always say that you know culture and character – allow you to be all that you can be and sustain it over a period of time like we saw uh, a long time ago with John and Carl and Jerry and the Laytons uh, into San Antonio. So, uh, But certainly compliance, belief, a little bit of success, certainly that offensive success that we had pre-bubble into the bubble, we've been able to carry over thus far. Exactly. You know, Jake, Jake, Jake. Let me just uh, follow that up with with Dennis because I used to I used to be somewhat cynical about those kinds of comments, not necessarily from you, Dennis, but I really believe that I I have bought into that. I see the value in getting players who aren't just talented, but who are also willing to work and are conscientious about the way they approach basketball, and that is a character issue. And you're exactly right. Yeah. So you know, character can be. Gordon situational, but we don't think that character in the way you view competition, basketball, uh, cooperation, uh, having a work ethic, all those things that kind of lead into jazz DNA and how we define it. Uh, we don't believe it's abstract by any means. And, and so, yeah, there's guys that uh, have uh, matriculated to our club, some via draft, some uh, waiver wire pickup like Joe Ingles or a free agency pickup from Europe like Royce O'Neal. And uh, they, they've they added a lot to our mix. We're, we're talented. You know, we can shoot the ball and we have some offensive uh, creation ability uh, with some of our players. And, and, and so, um, and, and you guys know how long we've been at this and how hard we work. And, and we try to uh, take an honest, sober look at ourselves, and, you know, mistakes that we've made and try to grow from it. So I think that growth uh, mentality, uh, willingness to learn, willingness to be honest with ourselves, guys, has led us to this point. And, you know, credit to Mike Elliott and health, the part, uh, health performance to keep us healthy, and Quinn to come up uh, with a philosophy of continuous improvement. Like Jordan Clarkson, guys, you know, he's people are mentioning six man of the year, but if you really were to look at it from a per minute statistic, I think we have uh, four players that are playing all star level caliber basketball, and, and, and good for us. And, and so, what we promise is we'll just continue to work hard and be humble um, and, and honest with ourselves, and hopefully we can make a good account for the season. 
Jazz Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Dennis Lindsay, is with us. And, Dennis, you've been very vocal over the years about, um, you know, creating a culture where players want to be and players want to play. Uh, will you talk about the significance of retaining Jordan Clarkson this offseason, both on the floor and how significant it is that this, this is where he wanted to be and this is where he wanted to play when he had a choice to be elsewhere? Yeah, so I would add, you know, obviously – Donovan and Rudy signing their extensions, and then Derek Favors wanting to come back. Um, so, I think if you um, many times you got to have conversations with players and agents, and conversations that are tough and they don't want to hear. But I, I think it's fairly simple and fundamental. Players want to know the truth as soon as you uh, know it, and you know, coach is good at having that conversations. And I think we've been very reputable uh, with their representatives and they want to know that you won't put them in harm's way, that you have a health performance staff that can keep them healthy. Um, they want to know what role uh, they can play and, and how they fit going forward. And uh, there's always, as you guys know, uh, a lot of times the economics carries the day, but as stated before, Jordan had multiple options and, and we uh, really just had good, healthy conversations um, uh, during the negotiation period. And it was clear uh, to him that we really wanted him back. And it was clear to us that he really wanted to be back. And and so Jordan's really, it's been a unique story. Uh, you know, the reputation that he had, the, uh, how he came in, how he's connected the group how he's improved defensively and moving the ball. So we couldn't be prouder. You know, it goes on the stories about Joe Ingles improving as a European um, player, uh, journeyman, become a top starter with us. George Hills had a career uh, year with us at 30-plus years old. Mike Conley's having one of his better seasons. So when that story uh, again, Derek Favors wanting to come back. When that story gets around and they understand, you know, how much our coaching staff uh, cares, one, and then is adept at getting them better, but in better in the context of how you can, how you can contribute. It's, it's been a neat story, and we're certainly very, very proud of, of Jordan, uh, the player that he's become and, and the person that he is. Dennis, uh, I know you have defended your players in the past when you thought they weren't getting their due. I was curious to know what you thought about what Shaq said to Donovan Mitchell. You probably don't care what Shaq <laughs> thinks, but I wondered what your reaction was when you no, saw that. No, look, I, I do. And, you know, that's an award-winning program for a, a lot of different reasons. And you have to give TNT and Charles and Kenny uh, – uh, and Shaq uh, credit, um, they've uh, Ernie, of course. Uh, they look, guys. You, you're the media, and and I mean, you, you have to call us out on, via the airwaves or in print. And you know, I look at critique. Um, I, I I can't speak for Donovan, other than I can say that. I was proud of the first-class manner, uh, and, and Donovan's always been this way, internal critique, external critique, self-critique. He's just a classy dude. So as much as anything, I, 
I think he handled it uh, with an economy of words in a first-class manner, especially the post-game comments that it wasn't about him. It's it's about the group and the victory. It's a thousand percent right. But getting back, I can speak to, you know, you're in this business and you're in the public eye, and that critique comes with it. And the best way I can describe it for me, guys, is, you know, and this can all be true within one article, I would say. You have a deal where, there's a piece of an article that's accurate and that you have to self-examine. I'd like to think we read enough and we want to study enough that hopefully we can learn um, from a different perspective. Um, and then you can have, even in the same article, you know, a piece of the article that is at best an extrapolation or totally wrong. And then you can even have, whether it be, on airways or in print, something that's gratuitous or completely false or unprofessional. And just like anything in life, I think it's very important to be able to dissect each and, and make a determination, an honest determination on what's what critique is correct and what critique you can, you can throw away and pay no mind to, but really all you can do is do, in my opinion, what Donovan handled. Uh, you know, the media has a role. You guys are a median to our fans. It's important. It's important to get people talking and debating about all-time greats and who's the best team. And and so it just comes with the position. So, um, you know, you have to grow up and get some thick skin. But as much as anything, I, I think the kid just handled it in a first-class way. Jake, are you going to take that criticism from Dennis that he's pointing straight at you? I'm going to get better. Gordon, I'm going to take it. I'm going to get better. That's you what I'm God almighty. Was, was that hypocritical in the least, Jake, that Gordon would just, like, call you out? He just front-ended critique you. Then, I was, I was, hey, I was following he along. I was following along with what Dennis was saying. But then it got, you know, because when he was talking about extrapolating and then, you know, sort of uh, in the – in an abstract way, and then he said, and then taking cheap shots, and then it started. I started feeling guilty all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah it sounds like he has a guilty conscience, and he needs to he needs to air it uh, publicly here. Jake is what it sounds like to me. I couldn't agree more. Oh, man. Uh, Dennis, I love it. Uh, Dennis Lindsay is with us, uh, kind enough to join us here on the big show. Dennis, Jordan Clarkson uh, last night in his post-game media availability, uh, he was great. But um, it, toward the end, he was talking about the crazy vibe on this team. And then he said that the guys just have energy and synergy were the two words that he used. And my question for you is, how much do you consider locker room chemistry and things like synergy when you're making decisions? I think, um, yeah, you, you do. Um, frankly, it's really hard, Jake, uh, to do things based upon, and under this situation, we're going to have great chemistry, and under this situation, we're going to have average chemistry, in this situation, you're going to have bad. It's Boy, you, you, you know great chemistry when you see it. Um, you can feel it. It's tangible. I do, things, do think there's things internally uh, that you can do uh, to create chemistry. Uh, I think there's things that you can do to demotivate players um, and incentivize the wrong things. So staying away from those areas are really important because you don't want to self-sabotage. But, yeah, it's it's something that – 
again, you're, you're falling back on uh, your intel, uh, the character and the behavior history uh, that you, you've built upon a player, uh, how the player can fit. Frankly, a lot of our conversations uh, with recruitment, it's just an old uh, Greg Popovich technique is undersell, over-deliver. You know, tell a player how tough it may be here to get minutes opportunity. As an example, we did that with Trevor Booker, and he just kept coming back saying, I'm in, I'm in, you know, I get it, I've got to compete. And then, again, when you do undersell and over-deliver, there's some appreciation. And, and then I, I think the, the people that touch the players day to day, my job's more managerial, ownership's job, you know, is to govern. But Quinn, Mike Elliott, uh, Anthony Zamora, our chef, those people that are in leadership positions inside their departments, uh, those are really the people that are creating the vibe that uh, uh, Jordan was talking to. And then it's really on the players to police their own locker room, uh, to, you know, get over themselves and think about the group more than they do their own individual statistics. And, uh, the veterans to lead, um, the young guys uh, to to follow, uh, and so it's it's a it's a complicated formula, and you get the all the ingredients right, and the meal tastes really good, but boy, you you mess something up, and it can really smell stink and and and, and taste awful, guys. But yeah, I'm I'm proud, you know, we've been consistent with that. Uh, I think for eight years, and this is a little bit of a culmination. And I think our guys are excited about uh, their play metrics around our play. And I think they're, you know, they're really looking at this as something that they can they can do something special. And and so you know, hopefully, they'll again humility, honesty, put the work in front of the result, and be process oriented. If they if they do all those things, it, it can be a neat season. Dennis, I don't think I've ever heard you oversell anything, and I know you don't like to speculate too much, but about that doing something special, do you believe that this team has that in them? And and I ask that question because it seems to me like they are following, they are counting on building blocks that are very tangible, very real, and they're doing what 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 Quinn wants them to do, as we talked about earlier. So with that, with that in mind, do you think they have what it takes to be able to reach that level that you guys have always talked about being the goal? Yeah. So uh, look, we went from a rebuild and, and uh, Quinn's early years, you know, to being fairly competitive relatively quick to now a consistent uh, playoff participant. And obviously we've re-engineered the team uh, a few times on these back end of these years and hopes to uh, get to a greater level. Again, uh, there's no dusting off the trophy mantle at the quarter pole, but our metrics are significant. Anytime you move into the top five offensively and defensively and we have excellent defenders. Uh, we have excellent offensive players. We need to do it as a team in a balanced way. I think Quinn spoke to that last night. That's uh, very true. Um, you know, there's uh, certain ways teams can do it. I think that the way we've built it, uh, it fits 
you know, Salt Lake City. Uh, it honors uh, the jazz tradition. And then we've modernized uh, some things on the way we play and, and, and even in, in a modern era of, of basketball, of empty post, uh, more pace, more space. Um, we've honored shooting. You know, obviously shooting two years ago was a um, a big, important thing, Gordon, and to, to move our group forward to keep up with the better offensive teams. And did we overcorrect last year? Um, uh, maybe. I, I think the internal defensive improvement uh, thus far, just if you hold Derek Favors on the side and just say, have our guys improved individually because we wanted continuity to rule the day, uh, and especially with this truncated season. So, uh, so far, so good. But, you know, things are fragile. Things change quick in the league with injury or poor play. Uh, so, again, I think it's important for us to be process-oriented. But we, we do. We want to compete and, and be great. Uh, that's the stated goal. That's what new ownership expects. Uh, Ryan didn't blink uh, when uh, some, some second, third contracts came up. Uh, which I greatly appreciate, and and so yeah, we 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 want to do the best possible uh, job we can do this season. So Dennis, I want to pack two questions into one, but okay. the first one has to do with Ryan Smith and and that transformation, and what that's been like, and what his leadership style uh-huh. is. And then, if you don't mind me getting personal with you, if you were to describe your leadership style and the way you go about your business, how would you describe that? Um, look, I've had great mentors. I really have, and you know whether it be parents my I had two great parents that you know unique upbringing in the youth home as you guys know and some some really influential teachers and in particular coaches uh, that ground me um, on a defensive base system sharing the ball um, like to think you know there's you know some faith and some values uh, that I think are important you know, honesty, hard work, integrity, you know, and those things in in Houston and San Antonio were reinforced in every way. And I do, I think you can do it uh, in a values-based high integrity way and win at the high levels. And I think you can sustain it even more. And I, I'm lucky that I've had the Millers uh, uh, for the first eight years and then the transfer from ownership. Ryan is in complete alignment when we talk. We talk about culture. And, uh, you know, look, there's no better uh, way to, you know, prove things than to do what you say. And The scholarship fund. When Ryan sat in front of the team and he talked about the vision that he had for making a difference in our communities and, you know, scholarships for underprivileged uh, youth after every win, immediately, you know, Royce O'Neill jumps up after his talk and says, hey, Ryan, does that include the preseason? So, so yeah, I, I think Ryan uh, is a good man, uh, obviously uh, a brilliant uh, uh, tech uh, phenom and a great people person, uh, unbelievable energy. And, and then we're, we've just been sharing best practices. Uh, he's been humble enough uh, to – to know that this is his first year in the league and 
you know, he sat in a, in a few management meetings and decided to, it's not a lot of fun to problem solve on a daily basis like we have to do in our jobs, and he needed to float at a governor level. So we're still getting to know each other, and, and he's still getting to know our coaches and players, and he's been very impressed as an example with Mike Elliott health performance. Uh, Mike's uh, role is crucial. So I, I think – Ryan's gained appreciation uh, of, of the way we've gone about it from a values-based, humble-based decision-making, if you will, um, taking an honest look at where we're at. Um, I'm, I'm soon to send him a quarterly report on, on where we're at, and, and hopefully every ounce of information that we give him is, is rooted in fact. So, uh, so far, so good, and, and, uh, and hopefully you know, we can continue to lead in a values-based way, in a facts-based way moving forward. Dennis, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on your team's success thus far. Okay. Let's hope we can continue it. Appreciate you guys paying attention to us. Be well and safe. Back at you. Thank you very much, Dennis. Dennis Lindsay, Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Utah Jazz. His interview today presented by our friends at Cypress Credit Union with the lowest fees and quickest keys. Cypress is the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. Great conversation right there. We'll get it up uh, online for podcast form for you if you only caught part of it. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.